Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at ozarkfolkcenter.com. Hey everybody, this is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week we're going to listen to a couple of fine old-time bands, the Ozark Highballers from Fayetteville, Arkansas, and our own band from right here in Mountain View, Backwoods, Arkansas. We'll hear folklorist Brooks Blevins answer the question, where are the Ozarks anyway? And we'll be visiting with my old pal Mark Jones to see if he's found anything of interest from the archives here at the Ozark Folk Center. All that and more this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. The Ozark Highballers are an old-time string band based in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Featuring Aviva Stigmeyer on guitar, Clark Buehling on five-string banjo, Seth Shoemate on harmonica, and Roy Pilgrim on the fiddle, this old-fashioned ensemble reflects the spirit and drive of the rural string bands of the 1920s and 30s, particularly those of the Ozarks. Let's listen to some of the great tunes they played on our stage when they visited last summer.
Clark Euling. I play the banjo in the Ozark Highballers. <laughs> play the banjo, make tens of I've dollars. I've been playing the banjo a number of years and uh, play some different styles on it. And uh, well, what can I say? This uh, is easier than trying to make a living coal mining. Yeah, I was drawn to the banjo uh, back in the 60s. And uh, I heard Hobart Smith play, and I went about the next week, I went down and bought me a Bought me a five-string banjo. Immediately went over to visit a young lady. I thought I'd impressed her. Press her. I had this banjo over my shoulder, but she was hiding behind the door. That sent her sister out. Said she wasn't home. <laughs> it's been that's been the story ever since. <laughs> Seth Shoemate, and I play the harmonica. I'll play a low C and a high C and probably some harmony notes in there and then try to 
play what the fiddle plays at the same time and uh, create a good background for the fiddle music because the fiddle cuts through really well and then the harmonica can layer under it and it makes a really good percussive sound. I mean there are several examples of string bands from Arkansas even that have harmonica as one of the you know feature melody making instruments. There was an old time community in Fayetteville and when I first heard old time music I thought wow this is really refreshing and, and beautiful so I wanted to be a part of it and then after that I would go and find examples of people that had played harmonica and try to pick up the best of all those pieces and put them together. I'm Roy Pilgrim, and I mostly play the fiddle. I'm real passionate about uh, Ozark fiddle music, just fiddle music, American fiddle music in general, but specifically Ozark music. And uh, I started playing music when I was about eight years old. I had neighbors on the farm that I grew up on that were musicians and played music a lot, and I'd go sit and play with them. And uh, but I didn't really get into like specifically uh, traditional fiddle music um, until. Well, I guess I was about 17 years old, and I've um, been pretty obsessed ever since. Can't, can't hardly stop thinking about it.
Stakemeyer and I play the guitar. I actually grew up in Washington State and my parents listened to a lot of old music but as far as old-time fiddle music I had some friends around when I was 18 that started playing fiddle music and I just wanted it just sounded good to my ears and I wanted to join them so I, I got into it that way and and then did a lot of traveling and met a lot more musicians and started going to festivals.
That was the Ozark Highballers from Fayetteville, Arkansas, playing Boating Up Sandy, Sweet Fern, The Beaumont Rag, Bull Weevil, and I'm Going to Leave Old Arkansas. Don't you leave, though. After a short break, we'll take a trip down to the vault to visit with Mark Jones. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio. We've reached that time in our show where it's time to head down into the vaults downstairs, uh, brush the cobwebs off some old recordings, and uh, and visit with our friend Mark Jones down there. Let's let's see what he's got for us this week. Hi, Dave. Mark, how are you doing down here? I'm doing good. Looking, well, I ain't getting any better looking, but I'm I'm looking good. <laughs> That's what I mean, looking at all these things around here. And I run across a feller that I bet you remember, Mr. Percy Copeland, fine harmonica player. I remember Percy very well. I've danced to him many times here at the Folk Center. He and his wife, Ida. And I think he had a passel of kids who played music, too. He did. You know, uh, this recording I found, it was done in 1973 when the Folk Center first opened. And it's uh, Turkey in the Straw. Have you heard Turkey in the Straw lately? I haven't heard it in a while, but I remember Percy playing it during a jig dance, and he would... He'd pl- he loved to play the harmonica, and he would play and play, and the jig dancers would start to wear out. And uh, Glenn Branscombe, who was backing him up on guitar, would say, one more time. And Percy would get to the end of the B part, and then he'd start in again. And Glenn would say, one more time. <laughs> At Glenn, well, Glenn played with Percy a lot. In fact, I had the good fortune of traveling with Glenn and Percy I, when we traveled with Jimmy Driftwood, went on a big tour, played uh, 30-some colleges, and it was a hoot. I had a, the biggest time I've had in a long time. It must have been a great experience being around all those old-timers and hearing their stories. It really was. I, I learned a lot. A lot of it I don't want to repeat, but a lot of it I, I keep forever. Well, let's hear a little bit of Percy Copeland playing Turkey in the Straw. Thank you. 
Thank you. Hey, Dave, you know, after listening to that and thinking about seeing Percy all around town, you know something? I never seen him drive. I don't think Percy ever did drive. I, I've picked him up several times when he was walking up the highway from the grocery store carrying a bag of groceries. Bag of groceries, and he'd be taking them back to the house for Miss Ida and them passel of kids he had, but those were some talented kids, and, you know, that just proves the family tradition of music traveling on down from generation to generation. It's a great tradition and still alive here in the Ozone isn't it? You bet it is. It's live and here every day. Hey, thanks a lot, Mark. I'll see you next week. Thank you, Dave. What is it about Mountain View, Arkansas that draws people to old-time music? Sometimes it seems like everybody here either sings or plays or both. Here are a couple of local boys who are fine musicians. Don Mellon and Billy Martin both play in several different bands, and when they get together on stage, they call themselves Backwoods, Arkansas. Here they are at the Ozark Folk Center State Park, playing a few of their favorites. Old Mississippi song. Well, it's the midnight special. Shine your light on me. Let the midnight special. Shine your ever-loving light on me. When you wake up in the morning, hear the ding-dong ring. You look upon the table, see the same darn thing. Well, let the midnight special shine your light on me. Let the midnight special shine your ever loving light on me. Pick it up. Yonder come Miss Rosie, how the world do I know? I tell by the apron and the clothes she wore. Let the midnight special shine your light on me. Let the midnight special shine your ever loving light on me. Fiddle that bellow. If you ever go to Houston, boy, you better do right. Ah, the ship's gonna grab you, and the boys will take you down. Let the midnight special shine your light on me. Hey, let the midnight special shine your ever-loving light on me. She's my rose of old Kentucky. I've watched her bloom as the years roll by. I know there'll never be another. I love her till the day I die.
she bloomed for me in a little village in a cabin on a hill we made our vows to love each other and i know we always will she's my rose of old kentucky i've watched her bloom as a year rolled by and i know they'll never be another i love her till the day i dreams I see you darling and your gingham dress you look so neat I long to feel your arms around me and to kiss your lips so sweet she's my rose of old Kentucky I've watched her bloom as years roll by I know they'll never be another I love her till the day I die Since I left you down in old Kentucky I miss your love and I need you so But from now on we're gonna be together From your loving arms I'll never go She's my rose of old Kentucky I've watched her bloom as years roll by I know they'll never be another Your sweetheart has found the 
all to see me do my stuff. I'm a ping pong popper from Pitchfork Prairie. Y'all can see me strut. Well, I'm a ding-dong daddy with a whiz-bang mama. Bear Creek, baby, she's a Wompers kitty. I'm a ding-dong daddy from I do my... You all to see me do my stuff, your stuff. From my Dumas, you ought to see me do my stuff. Said I'm a ding dong daddy from my Dumas, you ought to see me strut. It's ashes to ashes and the dust to dust. Never seen a gal that a man could trust. I'm a ding dong daddy from my Dumas, oh, you ought to see me do my stuff, your stuff. Side a sip from the old corn center, you ought to see me strut. Well, I'm a powerful popper with a gal named Susie. Fast moving mama, but she can't lose me. I'm a ding dong daddy from my demons. You ought to see me do my stuff. was Backwoods, Arkansas, playing the Midnight Special, Rose of Old Kentucky, Sitting Alone in the Moonlight, Huo Mule, Ding Dong Daddy from Dumas, and the old favorite, Corina Corina. When we come back from the break, we'll hear folklorist and author Brooks Blevins tell us a little about these hills we call home.
While the mockingbird will sing and his glorious music ring o'er the Ozark Mountains with a chime. In our last trip back in the hills, we traced the origins of the name Ozark. It was a surprisingly complex story. This time, we're going to try to answer another question. Where is the Ozarks? Or where are the Ozarks, if you prefer? Let's just go get a book on Ozark geography, like Milton Rafferty's The Ozarks Land and Life, or Carl Sowers' The Geography of the Ozark Highland of Missouri, and see where they put the boundary line. If you're inside the line, you're in the Ozarks. If you're outside the line, you're not. That was easy. But it's really not that easy. Defining a region is not that cut and dried. Now, I'm not saying the esteemed geographers of the Ozarks don't know what they're doing. What they're identifying is the physical place known as the Ozark Plateau, or Ozark Highland, or Ozark Uplift. The place on the landscape whose geological and geographical consistency demarcates it from the physical regions that border the Ozarks. Places like the Delta and the Prairies and the Arkansas and Missouri and Mississippi River Valleys. We know that the Ozark Highland is comprised of a diversity of subregions with different physical characteristics, from the steep, narrow hollers of the hills along the white and current rivers to the relatively flat prairie land of the so-called Springfield Plain of southwest Missouri and extreme northwestern Arkansas and even northeastern Oklahoma, from the rolling but fertile hills that extend to within a couple of miles of the Mississippi River to the rugged Boston Mountains that form the far southern edge of the Ozarks. But according to geographers, these different places have enough in common and differ significantly enough from the places just beyond their borders that we can call this place with some certainty a region, not a uniform place, but a unified place. Even if the exact boundaries on the Ozark maps might deviate a little here and there, most geographers are in agreement on where the Ozark Plateau is and where it is not. What about mapping a social or cultural region? That's an altogether different undertaking, but it's one that is really more important to the historian or the social scientist. Many things come into play when mapping a cultural region, ethnicity, language, religion, history, and the borders are fluid and fuzzy. A cultural region is a social construct. Its existence and boundaries depend on some level on the whims of people. The fact is that not everyone who lives inside the geographer's boundaries of the Ozarks self-identifies as an Ozarker, and some people who live outside the boundaries do feel a part of the region. And I'm not just talking about northern retirees in Mountain Home or foreign college students in Springfield or Fayetteville. In some cases, the physical Ozark Plateau has been home to generations of families who have never self-identified as an Ozarker. Here's an example. Over the years, I've traveled tens of thousands of miles around the Ozarks. On occasion, I'll stop and ask someone at a store or a library if I'm in the Ozarks. Pretending for a moment that this isn't an odd thing to do and an odd question to hear, I generally receive a yes or no answer, sometimes with some qualifications. A few years ago, I was driving south out of Jefferson City and decided to stop in the little town of Vienna, Missouri and ask my question. Mary's County is completely within the geographer's definition of the Ozarks, and Vienna is its seat of government. So up I walked to the young lady behind the convenience store counter. Am I in the Ozarks? No, she said without any hesitation. 
Keep in mind that someone in Vienna would have to drive about 40 miles just to get out of the geographer's Ozarks. So I followed up. If I wanted to go to the Ozarks, where would I go? Take a ride on 42, she told me. Drive about 20 miles to Iberia and you'll be in the Ozarks. Vienna in the physical Ozarks, but not in the cultural Ozarks. The explanation would unnecessarily prolong this treatise, but it has a lot to do with the town's German Catholic heritage, reflected in the name Vienna, and their estrangement from the earlier cultural imprint of the mass of American pioneers who settled the region in the decades before the Civil War, the kinds of pioneers who settled in Iberia, Missouri, English-speaking Protestant pioneers, mostly of British ancestry. It was these sorts of pioneers who helped forge the image of the rough and woolly backcountry Ozarker, an image that exists to some degree to this day. Some 19th century settlers within the physical Ozarks, such as the Germans who came to the northern fringes of the plateau by the thousands, maintained their own cultures and their own ethnic identities for generations, effectively seceding from the cultural Ozarks. So how do we draw a cultural boundary line around the Ozarks? Very carefully. Ultimately, the Ozarks is where the Ozarkers live. And where do the Ozarkers live, you wonder? Well, you may just have to stop and ask. I may visit famous mountains across the sea, but where my lot may fall, I can always hear that call. Hear them grand old Ozark Mountains calling me. Thanks, Brooks. The Ozark Mountains have been home to many fine string bands over the last hundred years or so. Pope's Arkansas Mountaineers, Ashley's Melody Man, the Morrison Brothers, and the Arkansas Barefoot Boys are just a few that come to mind. Our featured band this week, the Ozark Highballers, are keeping that great old string band tradition alive. Let's go back to the stage and hear some more good tunes.
Except for nowadays, it seems less common that um, people uh, in their own lives and in their own living rooms and community spaces try to interpret in their own hands pop music. You know, it seems like, you know, 60, 70, 80 years ago, uh, if you got a piece of sheet music or, you know, once the radio came around, if you heard something on the radio, it was pretty natural to integrate it into your own community's musical repertoire. But now it seems people have kind of distanced themselves from making music as laymen. It seems like music is kind of reserved for people that are musicians. Often that's how how musicians back in the 30s or um, that's how they learn tunes sometimes too. Is they get a new 78, and that was a way for them to learn a new tune outside of their small musical community. Uh, they could wind the record real slow and and listen to it. And uh, 
So. Yeah, there's a lot of, I've read a lot of accounts of old fiddlers saying, you know, like, we had like 15 tunes in our county, and then, you know, we got an Armour and Smith 78, and boy, that Carroll County Blues <laughs> sounded good, and, you know. <laughs> a new tune. But, uh, you know, of course, we'd always love to learn traditional music um, in a linear way, if possible, but there's a lot of music that is so beautiful and valid that is completely passed from any sort of um, cultural memory, and so the only way that we can find it and revive it is through 78 RPM records and so we do that when we have to and then if there's you know some people that remember some music that we can meet and learn it from we always do that but it's it's important to to be able to you know resurrect music that is gone from living memory. Clark has us do some <laughs> that's on sheet music that probably a handful of people have heard in the world today. The earlier form of recording. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stephen Foster went platinum. Yeah. Yes. 
That was the Ozark Highballers playing Aunt Dinah's Quilting Party, the Green Valley Waltz, my Ozark Mountain Home, and the Silver Nail. That's about all we've got time for this week. I hope you'll tune in again next week to hear more great music from the Ozark Folk Center State Park on Ozark Highlands Radio. And be sure to visit us on the web at ozarkhighlandsradio.com. I'm Dave Smith. See you next time. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from Arkansas State Parks with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. More information online at arkansasstateparks.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at ozarkhighlandsradio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar.